got to ask of you to do other than answer a few questions and tell a few stories. Um, would you be well, normally the way we do it with a guest or why we plan to do it with a guest is uh, I'll do a little intro to say who you are. Yeah, uh, just a little fun. Well, little... I know who the hell I am. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. So for the, for, the, for the benefit of the viewers, uh, then we usually ask our guests if, if they would open the show for us. And basically all that is in, in the chat window there, we have it as uh, welcome to the Deke Snipe Sally podcast with your hosts, Kylie Murren, Chad Newman and Ryan Gates. Okay, what's what's the name of the show? Because I can't see it. Okay, Deke Snipe Sally. Oh, Deke? Yep. Yep. Snipe Sally. Sally. Yep. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. With your hosts, Definitely. Kylie Murren, Chad Newman, and yep, Ryan Gates. Yep. I can Perfect. see you clowns' names. Oh, yeah, there. our names are there. Kylie <laughs> right away. You guys, I have no time. <laughs> Uh, you're making it. me blush you're making oh, me blush well you'll match your blouse dear you'll be fine don't worry about it <laughs> i know chad he might give us shit the entire podcast no don't worry you'll get does. So we <laughs> like. i'll dish it out a... to you clowns don't worry. i love it i love I'm it Irish, and it says it closes down us to swearing from newfoundland so <laughs> exactly <laughs> we're not yeah, afraid we of love it <laughs> All right, so for the benefit of the viewers, uh, for anybody who's, uh, well, normally we've only got three cameras. So here we are, we've got a fourth camera today. Uh, for anybody who's a Leafs fan, uh, last 30, 40 years, unless you were on the moon, uh, you know uh, you know our guest quite well. Um, he's a father of four boys, I do know that. Uh, diehard Notre Dame fighting Irish fan, Green Bay Packers fan from what I, what I got. Owner, owner. I yes. own the team. My sons and I have four shares each. We are the majority owners of the Green Bay No Packers. way! So clean up your act, Ryan, and get it right. Get the facts straight. He's, he's also 2018 winner of the Foster, Mute, Foster Hewitt Memorial Award for the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's been calling Leafs games for the past 39 years. We put him on DSC payroll, but we don't have any money. Um, he's not your average Joe. Holy Mackinac, it's Joe Bowen. Well, Yay. thank you very much, and it is uh, a real pleasure to be here, and I, I have to introduce the show. Is that the deal? Yes, now? you go All ahead. Right. This is uh, the Deke Snipes and Selly Show with two clowns named Chad <laughs> and Ryan and the lovely Kylie. <laughs> right there. There you go. Well done. Well done. I like it. Good job, sir. Love it. Well, we're going to dive right into it, Joe. We're, we're hoping to do it in basically what we're, we're looking at is uh, three segments to our show tonight. We're going to talk about Joe Bowen, the man, Joe Bowen, the broadcaster, and of course, oh, the legend, the legend. There's no legend. I was going to just, yeah, yeah, I was just right. going to interrupt you, Ryan, and say the, the legend. That's <laughs> just grouping it all into one anyway. Or, or if you want to shorten the, firm, uh, the term, it's BS. <laughs> <laughs> like it. And of course, we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, what we talk about every week. Um, so I'm going to dive right into it, Joe. Obviously, I referenced it in the intro. Holy Mackinac, that's your call sign. It's what most people recognize whenever they hear the name Joe Bone. Where did it come from? Like, what's the story? Well, guys, uh, it, it's really uh, kind of a, a strange bit of a story because um, I grew up in Sudbury, Ontario, in a huge melting pot of ethnicity. Uh, my dad uh, worked for International Nickel. He was a general surgeon up there, and uh, I uh, proudly say that he delivered 3,000 Sudbarians, made only two mistakes, and their names were Paul Rimstead and Eddie Schack. 
<laughs> However, while uh, my dad uh, was a goalie and had uh, played goal for uh, Sudbury Wolves junior team and uh, the, the Western Ontario Mustangs while going to medical school, I would sit on his lap uh, as a young boy and watch uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs on TV on Hockey Night in Canada. And whether it was with about five or six uh, uh, Labatt's uh, or Molson Canadians in him, when Johnny <laughs> Bauer made a great save and I was a young toddler on his uh, lap and didn't want to have uh, him swear, he would say, holy Mackinac, did you see that great save by Johnny? Love and, it. Uh, I obviously did. But my dad passed away when I was just going into high school when I was 14. And I was not into the broadcasting thing. I still had dreams of uh, replacing John Bauer in the Toronto net, uh, which obviously didn't really turn out that well. But um, <laughs> I, when I started doing broadcasting in uh, Sudbury with the Sudbury Wolves for seven or eight years, and then I was out in Halifax with the Nova Scotia Voyageurs. And when I finally got the job in Toronto, it was about four or five years into it. And we were doing a game in Chicago and Bill Waters uh, was doing color with me at the old Chicago stadium. And Felix Potter made a great save, uh, just a, a 10 baller. Mm. And I don't know why, but at that point was the first time that in my recesses of my mind, my dad would have said, and so I did, holy Mackinac, what a great save by Felix. And I probably wouldn't have used it again, but I looked over and my broadcast partner was down on his knees laughing. <laughs> some sort of a response like that um you know maybe i could use it again and so i started using it again i, I didn't try to do it overdo it or i gotta have one tonight or whatever um but uh we we utilized it uh we decided that my uh, third oldest boy sean had leukemia when he was a year old and we decided to get very much involved in the leukemia research thing so we sold t-shirts with Holy Mackinac on it. And so it's, it's done some good. And uh, I don't really sit down and say, I got I to gotta get one in here tonight. I haven't used them. I mean, a couple of years ago before we drafted Austin Matthews, I didn't use it the whole damn year because it was nothing. That <laughs> 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 but it, it has a very glad of my position. I think However, I've had four boys play hockey. One of them is a goalie, and if someone scores a goal, and then a leather long parent the other end starts yelling, Holy Mackinac! <laughs> I like to go over and punch him right in the snout, but I have to. <laughs> well, I'm glad Dr. Bowen had good manners. Yes, yes, he at least taught me that. Absolutely. That's awesome. You're up, Kylie. What do you got? Oh, okay. Well, if I had to ask you a question, and I guess I'll have to ask this one first. Which player on the current roster stands out to you the most and why, Joe? I can probably guess who, but maybe with someone we might not be so obvious, you know? Well, the obvious ones are there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the Matthews and the Marners. Uh, Morgan Riley's been there for a long time. Uh, the one that impresses me right now is Justin Hall. Oh, my goodness. And the yeah. reason you say that is that Here's a guy that celebrated his 29th birthday uh, just the other night, just last night. Yep. Yep. Um, played in the East Coast Hockey League, mm -hmm. uh, bided his time, uh, got to the American Hockey League, 
brought up to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Coach didn't like him, so he was a scratch, a healthy scratch for 71 yeah. games. 71 games, yep. And then a uh, coaching change, he gets a chance to play, and now all of a sudden, who's out against Connor McDavid all the time? Right. This young man that can really skate and does a pretty decent job and, and got the Leafs, uh, you know, three out of four points with the Oilers and four out of four mm -hmm. points with, with the, uh, uh, the Calgary Flames on this most recent trip. Yeah. I love those stories. Yeah, I really me do. The Austin Matthews, I mean, what a great story he is, obviously. Uh, how, how is Tim Stutzla doing in, uh, in Ottawa? Well, he didn't score four goals in his first no. damn game. So he obviously no. isn't doing as well as the other guy. <laughs> but you know you got that right yeah yeah, no, yeah exactly but but you know what i i love those stories of guys that have uh, paid the dues who have plugged it out who have been told you're not good enough you're not big enough you're not tough enough you can't yeah. do this you can't do that oh yeah well i'm still here and i have made my movement i've done things to improve myself and now all of a sudden, I'm I'm getting the dividends paid. And I I think mm -hmm. I think Justin Hall is a great story, and and uh, and he's a great kid. He really is. Yeah. He is. He's a uh, young man, and uh, he's starting to get some of the notoriety now. And I I sincerely hope, and I don't think it will go to his head. But they're they're all of a sudden, as only the Toronto media can do piling it all on top of him and then, yeah. then all of a sudden McDavid goes around him like a hoop around a barrel and you go oh, well I don't know anymore but mm. I think he's playing really well and he's sitting as funneled right in with Jake Muzzin as a really good shut shut down pair and they've done that absolutely and, and coach Keith knew what he had in Hall from all the time with the Marlies and so he knew right where to pin yeah. him and like well, that, him. and that's important too but he had to get to the Marlies and yeah, just right. getting there and getting seen and then having someone have some confidence in you is, is, is a big thing. It really yeah. is. And, and it really does show you that some coaches have, you know, a, 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 for some inexplicable yeah. reason, a dislike. I mean, Pat Quinn, who I love dearly, there was a defenseman that we traded to the Edmonton Oilers who became captain out there. And they didn't Smith. like him because his hands were too high on the stick. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why? You know, it's, it's, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. That's right. You're looking, at, you're looking at a Rembrandt, and I'm looking at a Picasso, and they're the same people. That's right. Yeah. I agree. Dare I bring up Nikita Zaitsev? Wasn't it known that he wanted out of Toronto because of coaching situations or maybe it was his rumor but and I mean he's he's excelling in Ottawa so it all it all depends so I'm glad that Justin Hall has finally got his uh his confidence and we can certainly see it on the ice that's for and sure there's a lot of players that get buried and then never make it because yeah. mm -hmm. of the same kind of a situation you know the old eye of the the beauties in the eye of the beholder and uh if you don't get someone liking you you're not going to make it Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, you know, our history here on the island too, we're steeped in, in, uh, in the, the, the lower leagues. I mean, we've had AHL hockey here or had AHL hockey here for 20 plus years. Um, now we were get the ECHL growlers. We had of the course, queue so, in between. Yep. And we had the queue in between. Yep. With the fog devils. So we're, we're a sucker for a success story as well. We just love seeing our guys who played locally go on and move on up. I mean, we had, uh, we had some great prospects from the, the Leafs playing with the growlers when they won the Kelly cup 
just uh well i guess now technically last season i guess because yeah. there hasn't been a season since but i mean we've got we got to see you know, the the, the up-and-comers that are that are now getting a look they got a look in at training camp we got to listen to your call of blue and white game and there's some of the guys who played with the growlers just a season ago at the kelly mm-hmm. cup we're now at uh, at the training camp and getting a getting a proper look with the leafs and didn't look that far out of place to be honest no they don't and and one of the things and one of the positions that really lends itself to that is goaltending um and and i have a young son that's uh played a little bit of junior hockey and and we haven't had uh, he hasn't been in the eye of the beholder enough to to play a full season at that level yeah. he played uh, with uh, dawson mercer and in uh, uh drummondville uh, last year a little bit played with the Sudbury wolves a little bit he's currently playing with rayside canadians and will uh, play with laurentian university next year but goaltenders historically unless you are really above and beyond take longer to develop and so the James Reimers and, uh, and people like that start in the East Coast League and, and play and, and then develop. And then all of a sudden you are able to make the move and come forward and, and, and get into the National Hockey League. They may not star, but they're certainly going to get an opportunity to play. But um, when only one guy gets to play each night at that position, uh, you have to play somewhere. You can't right, get yeah. any better opening and closing the damn door nope. at the end of the bench. So uh, that's, right. that's one of the positions that uh, certainly the East Coast League really benefits. Yeah. And in the old days when this league was a hell of a lot tougher, then a lot of the guys that were playing in the East Coast League were not skilled players until no. the whistle went and the gloves came off. Yeah. Then all of a sudden yeah. they were pretty skilled. But the league has changed so much now that 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 quote unquote position is really not applicable anymore. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it was always, it still has that stigma to the ECHL. It's hard to get fans to come because they still think it's a goon league, but I mean, they got to know when you get the NHL affiliate, it's another incubator league, you know, you're, you're growing prospects at a deeper level. Absolutely Chad. I mean, it's, it's uh, and, and because the way the sport and the game uh, is now adjudicated and uh, run by uh, ownership of the league or the the people that are running it uh this aspect of the game not necessarily that i like but has changed uh yes i've always said i i love the fighting in hockey as long as i'm not in it <laughs> yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you and me both we've we've heard yeah. some great joe bowen calls over the years of fights is there one that sticks out in your mind that uh, that that you say wow that was a tilt that i'll never forget uh, Ryan, you know, uh, I started in 1982 after coming from Halifax after doing three years with the Voyagers, and we were stuck right in the middle of the Harold Ballard uh, ownership era. Mm-hmm. And they're really, once you got here and understood the dynamics of the franchise, realized there was no chance. There really was no chance. They weren't going to spend the money. They weren't going to add coaches. They weren't going to do technology that the rest of the league was doing because the patriarch of the, of the franchise would not have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. So having gone through almost a decade of that or over a decade of that, when Harold passed mm-hmm. and all of a sudden ownership changed and you realize that when they hired uh, Cliff Fletcher to be the manager, when he hired Pat Burns to be the coach, that they were trying. Yeah. 
They may not win because there's 30 other teams trying to do exactly the same thing, but it wasn't going to be for the lack of trying and it wasn't going to be for the lack of spending money to do that. So my personal favorite call of all, and I hope my favorite call will be later uh, Mm -hmm. in my tenure, um, is is Nikki Borishevsky's goal in Detroit. um, I was really happy that uh, they switched ends for the uh, overtime. And so where I was situated in the Joe Lewis arena, I was closer to that net and I could see and called it as I did that Nikki had touched the puck ever so slightly from Bob Rouse who shot it from the blue line. And Bob Cole, I'm Newfoundlander if there ever was, was further down. And I don't think Coley knew initially that Nikki had touched the puck. I've listened to both calls. Still made a great call, as only he can, but it was a bit of a reflection after it that Nikki may have touched the puck. But I I saw it and I called it that way and I hoped I was right. And as it turned out, I was. Mm. But but more so from that goal, guys, is that the franchise made a 180 turn. Yeah. And it wasn't just to fill the the coffers of uh, the Carlton Street cash box anymore. It was we're going to try and win this damn thing. Now, they haven't done it. They've come no. close a couple of times, including that year. But at least that was, if nothing else, a new cornerstone. If not at Maple Leaf Gardens, it was a new cornerstone in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely dumbfounded by, uh, by your, your, your recollection of, of the game. His memory that, that, is that amazing. Was, you know, I have a couple of weeks later, I wanted to hang Kerry Fraser because he blew the call in Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's, a, that's another story for another time. That's yeah. a heartbreaker. That was. We we, we we don't have a lot of rules on the DSC podcast, but we don't mention that game or the Boston. Ah. They're the Boston. Or any comeback. game seven. 2013. <laughs> short. Any game yeah. seven in Boston? Where? Oh, good. All right, fine. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs> game sevens and. Yeah. yeah. Can I add this this thing about. You know, when we had so much, uh, obviously, the pain of uh, recent efforts and uh, the one thing I will never forget, and it's as strong as that Nicky Boroshevsky thing was, was the game seven in Boston when the Leafs had the two goal lead and it evaporated and they scored and it was going to overtime. And we were in the Boston Garden and they played nothing but sing-along type music during that intermission between the end of the third period and the start of overtime. And Jim Ralph was standing um, or sitting like literally next to me. And I could not hear him speak to me. It was that loud. I've never really experienced anything like that. And I've often wondered if things had been reversed and it was in Toronto would our building have been that vocal and that red? Because literally when the teams came back onto the ice after that intermission, I said, my God, our chances here are not real good. Yeah. Because the atmosphere in that building after the fact was something that uh, I'll never forget. It was it was uh, mind boggling. Yep, absolutely great. So we've seen only for the Raptors. But yeah. I hope that from the Raptors, like that the Raptors championship, we saw the crowd. So the crowd is there. Just bring it to the hockey ring too. Yeah. And, and yet, Chad, you know, we get 
criticized because of the cost of tickets at the, at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens and at uh, Scotiabank Arena that the lower part of the bowl is always yes. a high pollutant. It's the corporate seats. The corporate seats, yeah, yeah. You know, have their champagne or their Joe, uh, whatever. I got, I have a story time. All right. <laughs> My first trip, I paid a lot of money for those seats. This rowdy Newfie actually got kicked out. She did. It's <laughs> a fact. Yeah. Me and two of my buddies got kicked out because we were too too loud and cheering. And yeah, the suit guys in front of us and didn't I agree. like it. And I, I mean, it, the franchise is great because they, they, they have that kind of capital and they have that money generating kind of thing. Uh, and yet maybe the real fans are the ones out watching the game on a big screen out in, a, yeah. in Leaf, Leaf Square or whatever. Um, and, and that's unfortunate. However, I will say this, that once the playoffs start, it is a completely yeah. different club. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really had is. the pleasure yet. Well, I, I hope you get a chance, Chad, because yeah. it, well, I'm it, totally it, it's it. different. It really is. And and I and 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 uh, the corporate people are there for the 82 games, uh, but once the playoffs start, the people that own the tickets—they're the ones that want to go, and they're yes. probably the fans, and they yeah. make a bigger yeah. impact at that time. Yeah, the people up that. in the up in the nosebleeds where my kids sit—they make a lot of noise up there. Yeah, I've been well, up there I've... before. <laughs> I've said since that trip, because um, I'm after going a couple times since then, but since that trip, I don't even waste my money on getting the gold no. stone or whatever it is. I'm like purples, nosebleeds. Up the balcony, man. Front yeah, that's top. where we had a way. We've seen two Love games it. that trip. And the yep. first game was the, the, the lower bowl where we got kicked out because we were just obnoxious fans from Newfoundland with our sign and, you know, and our flag. And there was two guys in suits ahead of us just having a, a business meeting essentially during the hockey game and they didn't like it. <laughs> well, Kylie, next time when you come, I'll get you seats to sit with my sons. Because they've been kicked out of more arenas on the road than anybody <laughs> else, including Ottawa Good. and Detroit. So yeah. That's I'm who I want to sit with. Oh, you fit right <laughs> in with them perfect. Good. <laughs> so speaking of that, uh, talking about being in the arena and having energy, um, how do you find the uh, the no fans in COVID situations? How do you find you calling those games without that emotion in the rink? Do you find much of a difference? Can or I you swear just... on your show? Go Absolutely. Yep. It's horseshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it's, it's obviously very different. Um, mm -hmm. They are piping in sound and their crowd noise, but it doesn't react to things that are going on, even if they try. If they do, it's second later it's delayed yeah i've noticed that yes absolutely kylie and it's 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 not the same but no it's on and um you know we're 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 gonna hopefully get through this season uh declare a stanley cup winner they did it last summer when there was i mean it was an amazing piece of work by awesome. uh, mr Beckman and his entire yeah. staff and all of the teams that were involved that it got done without incident and uh, a Stanley Cup champion was declared. Mm -hmm. We are in such unprecedented times that it's, uh, it, it, it's incredible. Um, so we'll take what we can. Um, we are able to go to Scotiabank Arena to broadcast the home games, but um, on the road, 
Um, we either go to uh, Rogers uh, facility here or TSN facility, depending on uh, which carrier locally is carrying the games on radio um, and have to do it off a monitor. And uh, just a sidebar story, please get rid of those damn jerseys they used last night. I can't see the damn numbers. The reverse retro, yeah. Oh, pick retro somewhere else. I'm sure they look great in a bar walking around in your yeah. house. But on TV, I'm sure they're not working. Not that was the that was the biggest complaint I've seen on Twitter, actually, was that people yeah. couldn't see the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, it was different. I got to say, it was dark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, since we're talking about the Leafs, we'll, we'll, let's, let's, let's keep it going. Um, I want to talk about John Tavares because I am, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with the man. I, I, had, I, was, I was long before he was a Leaf, and the day he signed, I shed a tear. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I think he's the player that they've always needed, even outside of the, the, the hype all around the young kids that we've got. John Tavares is, is, to me, he was a Maple Leaf before he was a Maple Leaf. He played the way I mm -hmm. think that, that he grew up watching the Gilmores. And, you know, like, I think that he was the player that was always meant to be there. Um, and I've noticed a big turn in John Tavares this, this season in particular. I mean, he came as advertised. The man put up over 40 goals in his first season with the team. But I noticed this year in particular, and I haven't really put a finger on it just yet exactly what it is, but he's playing at such a high level, a high level of intensity. Um, something that I've chatted about with, with Chad actually in the past is like he's now a new father. Uh, myself and Chad, we got young boys who play hockey. Uh, yourself, you're a dad, four boys. Uh, do you think that, you know, coming into his dad's strength, you know, has had an impact on his play in the, in the, in the arena? Well, as you people know, you two fathers, it doesn't change your life at all. No, no, of course. No, <laughs> no. A little less sleep. Oh yeah, that sleep. That's something that you dream about. Oh, um, no. <laughs> you know what? Uh, maturity is a wonderful thing, and I agree. I mean, obviously, he grew up uh, in the market, uh, played with the Toronto Marlies. He had the crest on his jersey for uh, most of his uh, minor hockey career. Um, a great uh, shot uh, recently with the passing of George Armstrong of uh, the chief signing his Marlboro jersey mm -hmm. uh, at, a, at a tournament yeah, or a minor hockey yeah. event. Um, but you know what? He, if he didn't start it, he certainly has accentuated it that, you know what? I grew up in the market. That's my team. I understand that there are a lot of things that go with being a Toronto Maple Leaf, some extremely good, some a lot more difficult, uh, media included and everything else. And, and just going to the, the supermarket and having 15 people come up and ask for an autograph where I'm sure maybe on Long Island that wasn't the case or in Manhattan. So yeah, right. he understands that. And by doing that, he's opened the door, I think, for other people that want to come here. And, and we've seen, you know, TJ Brody, for instance, wanting to come back to the market or to the province that he, uh, he grew up in and, and was a Leaf fan. Um, he's a total professional. Um, uh, there's there's no, uh, he, he's great with the media. Uh, he's very deadpan, kind of very serious young man. Um, and, and the fact that he's now a dad, I think has probably accentuated that, but he, um, he's a great professional and he does what is best for the team. And I know when they went out to try and sign him, that was come on over here. We'll let you play with uh, Mitch Marner. 
And that was, you know, that's a bit of an enticement. But if the coach decides that I can be better by doing something different, are, are you willing? And the captain is absolutely willing for whatever. And yeah, so yeah. they have a wealth of talent in the top six players. And John Tavares is, is one of the, the key components of that. And in the dressing room, they put the C on him for a reason. And yeah. uh, he handles the press well. He handles the room well. He's gotten some assistance now with people like Joey Thornton and Jason Spezza, who have also uh, been under those circumstances with uh, leadership roles in their teams. So it's, um, I think it's really a great room, and he is uh, tantamount to being the leader of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, dude, is there anybody currently on the lease or in the system that you find is underrated, not getting enough attention? That's, in this market, that's tough. Sometimes you don't mm -hmm. want the attention. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. A bad game, and all of a sudden, who? It's like Steve Simmons uh, oh, tweeted out oh, yesterday. Oh. He said, said that the best thing about those jerseys not being able to see the number was that uh, Barabanov was uh, uh, more uh, invisible than normal. Oh, nice shot, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's, that's part and parcel of what kind of goes on here. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if there's anyone that I would uh, really say that is not, you know, being recognized or anything else. I mean, there's uh, uh, there's guys that are young people like uh, Dermot that are trying to make their way to be better. Um, mm -hmm. and, and at this point, the coach has sort of had them in and out of the lineup. Yeah. A lot of that is not because of you play badly but we have to keep this little group that they call uh, be ready uh, squad as opposed to the taxi squad uh, mm -hmm. engaged and playing. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the aspects that I think is a sometimes tough swallow because in other markets, if somebody got scratched for whatever reason, um, it would just be that. But right. here it becomes, um, you know, a story because someone really wants works. to, you know, find out why that how do you feel about this are you going to be okay so true think you'll be back in tomorrow i mean the microscopes you know, are crazy oh goodness when the when the press when we were at normal situations you'd see that we're on a 10 game winning streak but so-and-so hasn't played in the last seven games and the whole goddamn media would go over to talk to him <laughs> Yeah. Not, what's, not what's going on over here. It's really good over here. Yeah. <laughs> here. It's all about the drama. Not an issue over here. This guy mm -hmm. doesn't like the coach anymore. Well, right. That's, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Always, so true, though. Everyone goes looking for the Kessel interview when when JVR scored three goals back. I mean, right. it's just yeah. the way, yeah. it's the way that it's the right. is being. And it's, it's it's sad. Everybody looking for an angle, Ryan. Everybody needs an angle, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's more attention. I'm going to have attention. the big story tomorrow. It's yeah. what gets more clicks. Sorry. It's what gets more clicks, right? Drama. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. You're right yeah. There. yeah. It's gross. Well, I'm going to run a question by you now, and this is a, this is this is a. I'm I'm really curious to see what you think. How close is the current team to a Stanley Cup right now? I mean, it's the best team I've seen in my tenure as a fan. Well, how, it's how it's only it's only two blocks north from uh, <laughs> Arena. Right hand turn, uh, <laughs> is right there. So right now, I'd say they're probably the closest, Brian. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. In and proximity. Of someone has it down in Tampa for the weekend. <laughs> How close are they to having their uh, current team on the cup? Does he ask stupid questions every week? All the time. Okay. Oh. He doesn't ask questions. All right. All right. I'll try and answer that. Um, Ryan, they're closer than three quarters of the teams in the league. Okay. Um, but they haven't proven it, obviously. Yeah. No. Um, getting to the postseason is that's that's the chore. That's what you try to do because you can't win it if you don't get in it. Yeah. And when you see what has happened to other teams who have had really good teams and had decent runs or not, let's go back to the Tampa Bay Lightning two years ago. Mm-hmm. President's trophy, four games, gone. So if that's Toronto, how is that handled? (laughs) Media-wise, it's 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 circus. That amount to fire everybody. We got to change the whole thing. So hashtags and everything. (laughs) President's trophy, first round exit to make it worse. That's right. So to say that, um, I think on paper and when you see the talent that they have. They're very close, but they got to prove it. They've got to have a run in the postseason that gets people revved up. If it goes the distance and they win it, terrific. But you've yeah. got to get past the first round. You've got to make people believe. And as a young uh, group that they have as the core group of this team, that core group has to learn how to do it. They mm-hmm. have to understand what it takes to get into the postseason, which they have. Now they have to learn what it's like to win a round or two, maybe be bitterly disappointed, but understand, okay, how that goes. Now, having said that, just watching this team start this season, you notice a lot of things about how they're winning close games, Mm -hmm. scoring ugly goals, Mm -hmm. uh, going to the net, uh, going to traffic, uh, that sort of things that they were certainly not doing and being criticized about in playoff action previously. So yeah. maybe that those lessons are being learned. They're going to score lots of really pretty goals and everything else, but a lot of the real ugly goals that turn into victories are just from slugging it out in the traffic areas, and I think they're starting to learn that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boston, Boston showed us that many times. Yeah. Too many. Thank you. I feel like yep. the team has definitely taken some discipline after the last, you know, the recent years of disappointment. But uh, even just the comeback in last night's game, um, you know, being down, like typically last year, I would have said, all right, it's over, turn it off. But I was like, you know, I'll, you know, stick it out. And I was really glad because they are a totally different, not a totally different team, obviously, but. They just, they even look different. I don't know what well, it is. And I'm really, I'm really excited team, finally. <laughs> yeah, they're not a different team, Kylie, but they have a different mindset. Absolutely. Yes, that's what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah, and, fresh, and, fresh eyes, fresh out look. I love it. And Lots the mental guts. aspect of this sport is uh, sometimes not given enough credit or enough focus. Um, mm-hmm. You can have great talent and be tremendous uh, skill but it is the, the, the mental toughness, yeah. uh, the grinding, uh, 
the scoring the ugly goals, the making sure I go to traffic areas, even though I know I'm going to get whacked, hacked, and slashed and get the job done. Those are the things that you have to learn as a player coming into this league. And a young player like uh, Jim Stutzla is going to have to learn that. Mm-hmm. He scored a wonderful goal for his first ever NHL goal. He ain't Amazing. ever going to score another one like that. So that whole thing changes because yeah. you have not the time, you have not the space, and you're up against men, sometimes years older than you and stronger and tougher than mm-hmm. you are coming into the league. And you have to learn what works and where I have to go to make that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. Finally seeing Matthews going to the corners or, you know, being in that, that area in front of the net and taking those finishing checks, checks. Yeah, finishing finish checks. He had, mm-hmm. I forget the exact numbers, but we were talking about it last week. He has more hits in the first five or six games of the season than he had in any other season combined. You know what I mean? So finally, I feel like the team is starting to learn the little details that they need to learn. And it's, it's finally a little bit exciting for us. <laughs> All we have Maybe... to do is look, look at you three people and tell me what you were like when you were 19. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And what did you do with your life Different when show. you were 19? Were you physically developed enough to be a strong, uh, athletic kind of a person? Or no. were you just along for the ride because, A, you had some talent or uh, were able to do things? So, Miley, I think your point's well made. And they learn as they go through this how much more they have to work on their uh, their frame and their bodies. And what that will allow them to do uh, in a game now that maybe they weren't comfortable doing before and mm-hmm. all works out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I was, ju- I was just curious, Joe, as to how far the Hockey Hall of Fame was from the stadium. I didn't need all that long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> do you have another stupid question now, Ryan, or are we going to move on to some people over here that know what they're uh, talking about? I'll throw, the, I'll throw the chat. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ryan's the me pro now. here. <laughs> deflect, yeah, deflect that over to me now. That's uh, thanks, Ryan. I'll, Ryan, I'll you switch get it up those... to uh, let's switch it up to Joe. We we got the least done now. Let's yeah, uh, sure. Let's hear about let's Joe. Talk about Joe a bit. Let's talk so, about Joe. Joe Joe the man, the legend. I'll get into that. I won't so even because... say the myth because he's not even a myth. Hey, <laughs> I appreciate the legend. <laughs> Because Newfoundlanders love hearing how much people like Newfoundland. Um, I know you've been here several times. Uh, is there any memorable moment or a favorite thing you like to do or a favorite meal you like to, you like to go have? Or Chad, I, I've been to Newfoundland, I think, about six or seven times now. First time was with my parents who drove across uh, Canada to the East Coast. Uh, my dad, as I mentioned, was a general surgeon, a doctor, and so our vacations were to get away from the telephone uh, and so we drove on lots of vacations and we took the ferry and went across. This would have been probably in the early 60s, late late 50s. Uh, I remember going to uh, Signal Hill. I remember uh, driving around. When I moved to Halifax and uh, was doing the Voyageur games, I went to Newfoundland on vacation and also uh, for events, uh, golf tournaments and whatnot. One of my favorites though was um, uh, coming out to Newfoundland for the American Hockey League All-Star Game. And I checked into my hotel and the game was like two days hence and um, actually got screeched in. 
Yeah, on George Street, uh, the next. Love year. it. But as I use as this I, got into, I got into my room, my uh, message light was flashing, and uh, it was a message from a couple in St. John's, and um, I I called back, and oh, oh God, we listen to you all the time. We love you. You just think you're just doing it. We're coming to the game. We love to see. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? And I said, well, I haven't really got, well, we're having lobster. Come on, we're, we're picking you up in 20 minutes. <laughs> That's about right. That sounds, <laughs> bang on you. I, 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 when I hung up, I went, wait a minute. I may, am I gonna get taken for my last ride here? What the hell's going on? It's the on end here? of Joe Bowen. <laughs> had a wonderful, wonderful time, uh, wonderful people. Uh, and, and I really, really loved living in the Maritimes. I loved Halifax. Uh, I loved the people. Um, you, were, you were an upper Canadian until uh, you, you proved to those that you were among them and, uh, you know, and, and that you, you enjoyed it and wanted to stay. And I would never have left Halifax, I don't think, if I hadn't got um, you know, my dream job of, of coming to Toronto and, and doing the, the Maple Leaf. But uh, I love uh, my I've taken my family to Ireland. Uh, uh, my four boys, we went over because Notre Dame was playing Navy uh, yes. at Aviva Stadium in Dublin. I had been to Ireland. I'm Irish uh, extraction. And I promised them that I would take them there. I told them, you go to Newfoundland, it's Ireland without the long flight. So mm -hmm. we are all going to get out there another time, and I'm going to put the onus on you three to show us a good time out there and take us golfing and have fun. You can I was just going to offer sir. that. I was just going to offer that. You can stay in my house and everything, Joe. <laughs> there you go. There, that's, a, that's exactly. That's exactly. And, and I, I tell people it's the greatest hidden treasure in Canada, and not that's enough people uh, oh, enjoy it, go out and 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 enjoy it. Now. God I don't want to go in the middle of February when your mm -mm. snow banks are 15 feet high. However, <laughs> followed by rain. I lived in Sudbury and we had 15 foot high snow banks too. So, yeah, yeah. you're used to it. Hey. Yeah. And then it rains and freezes and gets completely useless to all of us. And uh, <laughs> we gotta wait till sometime in mid June. Yeah, but the alcohol is still flowing, so everybody's fine. No, we won't freeze. <laughs> Oh, no, we're fine. We don't really worry about the tourists. So we are we're fine. <laughs> right. And there are no tourists there in February anyway. So no. No. we say drink the if we say drink this, it doesn't mean get drunk, it means don't freeze. Be <laughs> yeah. like us. Too funny. So I got a, I got a newfie related question too. And um when it comes to players from the island, uh, mm -hmm. we, we haven't had the pleasure of having one with the Leafs that played at a high level uh, for any amount of time. I thought we were going to get a guy a couple of years back. But in any case, uh, any guys from the island that, that have stood out to you over the years or someone that you might have had an interaction with that you really caught your eye? Well, we've got a young Newfie working for the Leafs uh, doing a lot of the stuff with yeah. the equipment guys, Dave Roper. Uh, we from, know Dave. Um, Mount Pearl, Mount Pearl I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, Chad knows him delightful right. young man and, yes. and uh, we have a lot of fun with him uh i will say this i played golf with him last summer during the pandemic maybe the worst golfer i've ever played uh, it's because you we, haven't played with me no, yet joe we only I'm, got two months out of the year we can do it here so. i realize so. that but i'm the worst golfer i've ever played with and he was even worse than i am but anyway <laughs> i'll put guy. some money on that one joe well maybe my, we'll get him on the show too 
Yes, my son, uh, David, as I mentioned, plays goal and played in Drummondville a little bit last year. And he was um, absolutely enthralled with Dawson Mercer. Mm, and yeah. um, he, uh, when, when he came back, uh, he said to me, Dad, this kid is really, really good. And he is just a marvelous individual. Yeah. And uh, is going, he's going he's gonna to make his name uh, at the National Hockey League level. One of my personal favorites, and I know uh, like Michael Ryder and, and, and Danny Cleary and that, uh, Colin Greening. Oh, yeah. Uh, who played yeah, in yeah. the he Marlins, played a little bit with the Leafs yeah. uh, yeah, uh, during yep. the year that we were trying to go into the tank. <laughs> Not that Colin had a great deal to do with that, but, uh, um, but uh, you know, he, he came up here and went to Upper Canada College. Um, he's, he's just a terrific young man. Uh, I'm sure that he's going to have uh, a lot of work as far as uh, coaching or whatever, wherever he decides to go, because he's that intuitive as far as the game is concerned. Um, and was a pretty damn good hockey player too. Yeah, so exactly. um, I I would say if I had a a real favorite, it would be uh, it would be Colin. Nice, and he was an excellent Marley as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. What do you got from Carly? Shoot your way. Uh, okay, I just recently got into collecting hockey cards for rookies. So knowing, obviously, you've been you've know you've met so many people throughout the league, not just Leafs, but I mean the great one you know we'll, we'll get to that I guess but do you have any prize memorabilia that like was given to you or maybe even something that you bought that stands out to you uh, I didn't collect cards Kylie when I was a kid I collected the uh, sheriff potato chips used to have the little coins that were in a you could get this really cheap cheap plastic shield that you could put them in mm -hmm. and my mother <laughs> my mother threw all of them out at one point. So I don't really have cards or stuff like that collectible. Um, but my idol and my hero and the guy that I wanted to be like and the guy that I wanted to replace was John Bauer. And <laughs> when, I, when I was doing, when I got out of uh, university oh, and I started doing the Sudbury Wolves games, we had a game in Oshawa and the fellow that was doing color with me came up to me and said, I've got an intermission guest for you for the first intermission. I said, yeah, who's that? He said, Johnny Bauer. I said, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, he's here. He's scouting. He said, I, I, so Mr. Bauer came up and he sat down and I introduced myself and I, I, I must have sounded like a stuttering fool um, to tell him how honored I was and how big a hero he was of mine. And, you know, sometimes when you put someone on a pedestal as a hero of yours, and then you actually meet the person and you go, oh, he was really a good athlete, but I'm not really too sure what kind of an individual he is. You, you could not find a nicer man, a more accommodating man, um, a, a better goaltender. He is my idol, my hero. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I came to Toronto after about 10 or 12 years after first meeting him, he remembered me. He, uh, he said, wow. anything I could do for you. I, um, we've lost George Armstrong just recently. And one of the great days that I've ever had in, in this business at any time 
was uh, we were uh, in Newmarket, just a little bit north of Toronto at the LEAF training camp. And the chief and Johnny Bauer, who were roommates throughout their career in Amazing. Toronto, sat down and regaled me with stories. One oh, could God. hardly wait to tell you a John Bauer story, and the other could hardly wait to tell you a George Armstrong story, many of which we cannot repeat here. But I wish I had a tape recorder because I laughed so hard about these two guys who roomed together and played practical jokes on each other from George Armstrong taking Johnny's teeth out of the cup because he had lost so many and got a, a, from a mortician another set of teeth and put them in his cup and John <laughs> work in his mouth and the whole team was in stitches and, and another story they, they had training they had training camp in uh in peterborough and johnny had lived through the depression so john and and american hockey league wasn't paid a great deal of money and punch and john smite were pretty cheap in those days too so when you could get a deal you you saved some bucks so Johnny wanted to get his wife, uh, his her car repainted. And the guys said, hey, we're up in Peterborough. There's a guy up there, get your car painted. Half as much as it's going to cost you in Toronto. John said, great. So he goes up, drops his car off on the Monday. They're going to stay in Peterborough for the week, training camp weekend. They're going to be able to drive back to Toronto. He picked the car up on Friday. Take it. Well, Armstrong got the boys together and took a collection. They had this guy paint that car camouflage, pink, <laughs> orange, purple, any color they could think of. And here is this wonderful, nice car now painted like the coat of many covers. All of them. All of, John goes in to pick it up. The guy says, I'll leave the keys under the mat. He's not even there to give him a hard time. And all of the players are out on the street yelling and screaming, there's John Bauer, the hero of the Toronto Maple Leafs, because he drove home in this car. In Some, that car. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, stories like that that were legendary. And I, I, so many players and whatnot who are involved in going to events uh, are there being paid or whatever it is. And it's, okay, I'm here for the 15 minutes and then I'm gone. John mm -hmm. Bauer sat until everyone who wanted an autograph or a picture was done. And if he was supposed to be there for an hour, many times he was there for two and a half. Wow. And, but that was him. That was, and so he was an idol and a hero of mine and always be, will be my favorite player and my favorite league. Legend. Yeah, well, those memories, you, you wouldn't be able to put a price on. So no. yeah, I, I love that. Him. Now, having said that, I have a, you were asking about collectibles. Really, I yeah. have uh, a bunch of pictures of me or Johnny that he has signed an autograph Fine. for me. Uh, we had a, a surprise birthday party for me when I was, I guess, 50. Anyway, um, and, and, and Johnny and his wife came to the birthday party at our pub here in Unionville. And I was just dumbfounded that they would come. And I thought, you know, they'll be here for 10 or 15 minutes and, uh, you know, maybe sign a couple of autographs and, and then they'll go. We had to get them a cab ride home. <laughs> <laughs> they were having more fun than anybody else in the bar. God, and, you know, that's, that was just, uh, that, that was just the Bauer family.
I love Excellent. that. That's, Hearing those yeah. stories, like I could just sit here all night having you tell oh, me absolutely. stories like that. Well, when Joe comes down to stay with us, and well, well yeah, we'll we'll hear all about it. We'll just we'll take turns. He'll stay at my house one night, and you can have yeah. him another night. We'll get all the off the record <laughs> stories then. Uh, so, Joe, speaking of your time as a broadcaster, I mean, we talked about you, the legend. Um, what about your first night now, your first broadcast with the Leafs? Uh, what, 1982, I do believe, correct? Yep. Yeah. So what was what was what was running through your mind that night? I mean, you, you're you're coming from the East Coast. You got you're getting called to the show. Uh, tell us about the first your first call. Well, I better tell you how I got here. Absolutely. Because it's probably that was a my better, question. It's a better. <laughs> Skyly's question. Perfect. So Kylie, here it is. Um, I was in Halifax, and um, a friend of mine, Alan Davis, who. Uh, uh, came uh, east, uh, a young lady that he was chasing, uh, got a job down here. He chased her down here, uh, ended up marrying her and is still married to the lovely woman. But he worked at CKFH, which was Foster Hewitt's old radio station, which is where the Leafs came from. It was owned by Telemedia at the time, Telemedia Broadcasting. And the president of Telemedia was a fellow by the name of Len Bramson. So uh, Ron Hewitt, no relation to Foster, Bill had been doing play-by-play -play and had decided to retire and go into radio sales full-time, which was a brilliant move because he made a hell of a lot more money than I ever did doing this stuff while you're broadcasting. But anyway, so I sent my tape in. I had sent it to other NHL teams and had gotten polite responses. I'm sorry, we're not ready. And Alan said, you got to send it in. Send your stuff in, send your stuff in. So I did in April. Didn't hear anything all summer. Then uh, uh, I read in the Globe and Mail that it looked like somebody from out west had the inner uh, ropes on it. Looked like it was going to happen. So I bought a house in Halifax. 22 points on the dollar was the interest rate. Wow. And uh, the, the uh, bank phoned me on Wednesday and informed me that everything was good. We're ready to go to close on the house. Thursday morning after doing the morning show at CKFH in Halifax, I got home. And about 10 minutes after I got home, the phone rang. And it's, hi, Joe, yes. This is uh, Len Bramson, president of Telemedia Sports here in Toronto. We've been listening to your tape. We would like you to fly down this weekend to do the exhibition game with the Edmonton Oilers and the Leafs as an audition for the Leaf job. <laughs> wow. And I said, Alan, this is blankety blank. Don't you blankety blank tell me about all of this blankety blank BS that's going on. I just bought a blankety blank house out here, Alan. I don't need to listen to your blankety blank stuff. At this point, there was silence at the other end. And then he said, I'm not Alan Davis. I am Len Bramson, and I am offering you an opportunity to come down here. I would have slipped my wrists if I'd have had a knife. <laughs> I had to apologize profusely. Like you would. said to me, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll phone you back in 10 minutes or 20 minutes with the uh, flight arrangements. We want you to fly in in September here to, to do this game. Uh, you know, this was Thursday, so it was going to be Saturday. So I hung the phone up and I said, you dumb <laughs> shite. <laughs> you just ruined a chance at your dream job in Arizona. So 10 minutes later, phone rings, and it's Len. And he says, Joe, that's the most impressive and strange conversation <laughs> I've ever had with anyone that I was about to offer a job to. Listen to your tape again. 
we don't need the audition. We want you to come in Saturday. We'll sign the deal. So, Tyler, <laughs> you can tell a future boss to go shove it. We'll get the job. And you'll get the job. I'll try to do that now. I don't know if you want to try it all the time, but <laughs> at least this one time it did. So my I'll first you know thing, Ryan, to, to answer your question, uh, was in Chicago. I'd never been to the Chicago Stadium. Uh, I was scared to death, uh, nervous as hell. Um, I left about three hours before game time. The fellow who was doing color with me was going to show up later. Um, I got in a cab with the biggest man I have ever seen in my life. And we started driving down West Madison Street in the worst area of Chicago. And oh I'm goodness. thinking, I'm going for my last ride. And I haven't even got to do a damn game. <laughs> and then out of the horizon came the mausoleum of the Chicago Stadium. And I got there. So now I thought, this is great. And I had prepared what I wanted to say to start. I had it all written down. Wanted to get into it kind of nicely and then move on into the game. And our engineer couldn't get us on the air back to Toronto. And so oh. we're not on. We're not on. Uh, the warm-up's gone. We're supposed to do a pregame show. Can't do that. And literally just before they dropped the puck, he went, you're on. <laughs> and so, oh, well, puck's dropped. And off we went. I never got to do what I had planned. And maybe oh, it yeah. was probably a good thing because I would mm -hmm. probably sound like uh, Elmer Fudd trying to get through it. But, uh, uh, that's that's how we got on the air. And uh, the deep end. in my favorite favorite arena of all time, uh, the Chicago Stadium, and uh, we got onto it, and off we went. Wow. Oh, amazing. Wow. That's an awesome story. And it's been the same ever since, or, <laughs> like, has it gotten, I, I don't know what I'm trying to, is it, has it gotten easier as, as the time went on, or do you still find it? Finally, like, I think it, uh, it obviously gets easier because you're more, uh, you're, you're uh, used, yeah. Experience with that, to it. It yeah. doesn't get, it doesn't get, better um no uh many many times and at least uh, you know i'm almost every night when i sit down and i'm in the booth and we're in an arena somewhere and i just take five or ten seconds to say this is pretty damn neat um, yeah you have a job that lots of people would love to have um and don't take it for granted and uh I try not to. Um, it's been just a tremendous run. Um, I, I worked 5,000 feet underground at International Nickel, putting me through school, hard rock mining. I didn't want to do that for a livelihood. Um, no. this, this gig's pretty good. And uh, uh, I've at least been somewhat uh, healthy and been able to do it as much as I can. And uh, hopefully there's a few more years in here and maybe we can end it with a nice Stanley Cup rank. Lots and lots, I hope of, so. lots and lots of years, and lots of rings. Yeah, yeah lots I'm, of rings. I'm hanging in there and I'm on that team as well. So what about your influences, Joe? Like, I mean, uh, as a young sportscaster coming up through, who, who was it that you looked to as a, as a, an icon in the broadcasting industry? Well, obviously, uh, you know, somebody like uh, Danny Gallivan and Foster Hewitt and Bill Hewitt yeah. were doing the games when I was growing up. Lloyd Pettit, I used to be able to listen to in Sudbury, you probably don't know who Lloyd Pettit is. Not a clue. Uh, Lloyd, Lloyd Pettit did the Chicago Blackhawk game. And okay. it wasn't he shoots, he scores. It was a shot, save, rebound, and a goal. 
<laughs> totally different than what Danny Gallivan was doing and everything else. I met Danny when I was uh, uh, in Halifax. Uh, he was at a sports celebrity dinner. I had the opportunity to sit and chat with him and interview him. Um, and three years later, when I got the job in Toronto and I got to Montreal, Joe, it was so good to remember that you were, uh, he remembered everything about us in Halifax. I mean, I can't remember where I parked the car. And just, just went on and just, uh, just an amazing individual, wonderful man. I only got to meet uh, Foster Hewitt a couple of times before he passed fairly early in my tenure in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And I've never met Bill Hewitt, um, uh, who passed as well, but uh, really uh, was in failing health even before that and never came around the game uh, at all. But um, lots of great people. Dan Kelly uh, worked in Sudbury uh, when I was a kid uh, and was in uh, St. Louis, obviously, when, when I started. Um, the great people, all of the guys, Pete Weber, uh, Rick Jennerat, um, all of these guys that are a little bit older than in the tooth, like me, uh, have been around and paid their dues, and you appreciate listening to them. Um, and as I've always told people that want to do the job that I have, or at least do broadcasting, don't be the next Rick Jennerat, don't be the next Danny yeah. Gallagher, be right. the first. Be your own. Ryan Gates. Be, the only you know, do, be do your own thing, yeah. your own personality, your own style, um, and 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 work at it. You can steal some things from what they do, but don't don't try to emulate. Yeah, inspire, don't mimic. That's right. Yep. Agree. Oh, that's so speaking of Sudbury, think, um, yeah. oh sorry. You no, ahead, you to... I was I was just gonna say you stick in like being yourself and obviously the holy Mackinac and everything, but that's I think why so many people love you. You know what I mean? You're not just the voice of the leaves, it's just people get to know your personality and get to know, you know what I mean? That you you know, yeah. and that's what I guess you know what, Kylie, one of the things and I've often said this too, and you and you guys are a perfect example of this. Don't be afraid of the microphone. No. Don't be afraid of it. You know, mm -hmm. your own personality has to come out. And if you're, if you have a great personality and you do your preparation, you're going to be very successful at whatever you do. Yeah, um, and so uh, that's, that's the one thing that I've uh, often said is that you, you, you really have to be you. And, and, and if you're a boring, climbing, boring <laughs> you're not <laughs> made for this. Go no. push the button in the back room to get these guys on the air. You shouldn't be here. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. It takes a certain it takes a certain type of personality. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there you go, Kylie. You are always asking me, how do I get a job at the Leafs? I think we've learned from Joe. You gotta call <laughs> Dubas, you gotta tell him to stuff it, and you gotta be yourself. Okay, yeah. easy. Yeah. And I gotta move to Toronto. I gotta buy a house first and then I'll get the call, apparently. Well, okay. Kylie, if I gotta remember all that. <laughs> You'll let me stay with you out in Newfoundland. I'll let you stay here. How's that? Okay, deal, <laughs> deal, <laughs> deal. <laughs> I want to. I want to ask you about uh, Sudbury because I've never been there. The closest I ever got was to uh, Dunchurch, I believe. But uh, I noticed they've got the same population of St. John's, so I know how to gauge how big it is. Not very, but it seems like it pumps out a lot of uh, public figures. A lot of the people that make it big, and uh, okay. not just uh, in hockey. Alex maybe we got Randy Carroll, Alex Trebek, yeah. exactly. Rebecca went, Johnson. Went to my high school a couple of years yeah. before I did, but uh, yeah. You ever yeah, meet yeah. Alex in yeah. person, Joe? 
Big, big pardon? No, I never had the pleasure of meeting uh, Alex Ryan. I wish I had, um, but no, I hadn't. And I was never smart enough to apply for a show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, that would have been an embarrassing night. Whoa. <laughs> I don't Too believe funny. we've ever had anyone this stupid from Sudbury on this show. <laughs> <No way>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, you know what? Uh, and 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 back in the the '30s and the '40s and the '50s, uh, when outdoor ice was where hockey players came from, uh, Northern Ontario was a a melting pot for uh, mostly Eastern European families who came over here, who had a knowledge or had worked in mines over there. And so they came to Sudbury and, and got into the hard rock nickel mining. They went to Timmins and Kirkland Lake and got into the gold mining uh, and, and, and developed families and, and histories and uh, just a great melting pot. Yeah. And we had some wonderful, wonderful athletes come out of Sudbury back then. Um, and then when indoor ice became so much more applicable, um, then a lot of other areas kind of caught up and, and, and went on without it. But, uh, you know, George Armstrong, Tim Horton, Eddie Shack, my dad delivered it. Uh, oh, no, wait. no, that's right. Uh, uh, Davey Keon. Uh, all of these guys from up north and, and whatnot yep. um, did a great job and did that. And and you're right. I mean, Sudbury's, you know, when I was growing up was 70, 65, 70,000 people, yep. which would have been what St. John's was then. And it's now yep. probably a hundred and change, which is probably what St. John's is yep. now. Yep. Um, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was uh, an invigorating climate as St. John's is. Uh, the invigorating part is a shovel in your hand, out scraping <laughs> and shoveling three times a day because the snow wouldn't stop. Um, but that's that's what it was, and we we uh, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed every. I mean, there was an outdoor rink at every public school and every high school, and every Amazing. playground had an outdoor yeah. rink. Amazing. So you could you could uh, play till the lights came on, or until mom and dad hollered for you to come home. And uh, it developed some pretty good hockey players without having the coach out there doing 75 different drills and parents screaming and yelling at you. We just went That's out right. and had fun. And, uh, you know, one of the George Armstrong, again, just passing, but he, he coached the Toronto Marlies uh, to two Memorial Cups. And Bruce Boudreau and John Anderson and the Howe brothers and whatnot, they regale the stories about George's practices. He came out onto the ice with one puck. You guys are on that side. You guys are on this side. Let's go. Wow. And they, they didn't scrimmage. They played shinny where everybody yeah. was trying to take it away from everybody else. And George would play with them. And he was so <laughs> strong on the puck, so strong with his hands. And obviously he's a man and, and, and played in the NHL. But trying to get the puck away from George Armstrong was as much of a skill set that these guys had. And then the last 20 minutes, okay, we'll do some drills. Wow. But that was George, you know what? Yeah. And, and, and the kids, they learned by playing the damn game. And, and they did. Yeah, it's a different, back to that. yeah, it's a different world nowadays, isn't it? Can you, can you imagine totally Canada sending out that little leaflet? Here's no, how I'll we should it. have practices. 
Oh, yeah. Park, throw it on the ice and let them have fun. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Just, Every parent who's spending $300 for the ice would go right through the glass trying to get oh, out of I have the app drag. for coaching my kids, and it's, yeah, that's not in there. That's not, no. It never will be. Definitely but it's not. a lot of good stuff in there, but yeah, it's definitely not the uh, fun scrimmage. <laughs> yeah. I'm so I'm so glad you got to the Sudbury stuff because that, that is that's that's amazing. Uh, yeah, Carly, what do you got for Joe? You got anything else there? Um, I guess we can ask over the course of your career, is there any Leafs player? Um, I, I always keep going back to the Leafs. Gotta love it. But um, is there any player that like sticks out in your mind, um, like from a perspe personality perspective? I know we, we touched on Justin Hall and everybody like that as like an underdog, but anybody, I guess, personality or even skill, they don't have to be the same person. I I've often said this about hockey players and the National Hockey League in particular, and I've had it restored by others in the media from other centers. Um, uh, Bob Birdie, who's a, a wonderful writer for the in Chicago, uh, I can remember years ago back in the 80s, um, he would come up to me and say, thank God the NFL's over and uh, we don't have, I don't cover basketball and thank God I could start talking to the hockey players. And I thought about that and I said to myself, you know, most, if not all, of the dressing rooms are controlled by the, the, the leaders in that room, and the majority of them are Canadians, middle-class Canadians, because our sport does cost money, mm -hmm. but with great mm -hmm. values, with great parents, with great parenting, and, and with great character. And so... Mm -hmm. In the, you know, the 39 years that I've done this, I could probably on three fingers tell you the people in the National Hockey League that I've met that I have no time for. Wow. And you can start going through the baseball or the football or the basketball. And I'm pretty sure that people that do my job probably can come up with three fingers uh, and names uh, pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. I like to think it's because... Uh, the Canadian nucleus runs the dressing rooms and yep. you follow what we do uh, or there's going to be an issue here. Uh, as far as the Leafs and, and, and players, um, I mean, Wendell Clark is uh, one of my favorites, Dougie Gilmore, Matt Sundin, um, uh, just great people um, and, 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 and wonderful athletes, Thomas Coberlay. Uh, another guy that uh, is still living here in Toronto. Um, I remember Wendell coming from Kelvington, Saskatchewan. Talk about yeah. your outdoor ice and 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 uh, a chip on his shoulder and how I'm going to make this team. And uh, the, one of the true tough things of a journalist or somebody interviewing is to try and interview the first pick or the young rookie at training camp each year because unlike now where they're coached a little bit, about the media, Wendell was just Wendell, and uh, it was well, you know, you know, Joe. I'm well, you know, and you know, you know, and I finally said, Wendell, stop. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. So if you tell me, well, you know, again, I'm going to hit you over the head with this microphone. <laughs> he laughed, and we both laughed. But that, but he he was just that country kid. Uh, you know, we we had training camp last year uh, when we were in Newfoundland and everything else. 
Bob Miguel was there. I said, this isn't quite like the training camps back in the 80s. He said, no kidding. Wendell and I fought six times. <laughs> in training camp? Training camp. Wendell, oh arrived, Wendell arrived as a rookie and he asked everybody, who's the toughest SOB on this team? Okay, if I'm going to make this team, I got to take a round out of him. And they no did about five or six times. So wow. those things have changed. But that, that was, and you know, Wendell has matured, obviously much better with the media <laughs> now than when he was uh, giving me his uh, one word answers. <laughs> Um, and is a tremendous spokesman. Daryl Sittler is another, another one, yeah. uh, wonderful people. Boria Salming, who unfortunately doesn't come over as often as we would like, uh, another mm -hmm. uh, wonderful person. Um, the LEAF alumni that is so uh, involved in doing things around mm -hmm. here. Um, yes. They're all very much involved. Back when Harold was alive, the alumni was nothing, meant nothing. Cliff yeah. Fletcher brought them all back, and it's now probably the biggest and strongest within mm. the National Hockey League. Yeah, I mean, see, seeing Davey Keon come back around and, and get back involved yeah. with the team in a, in, a, in, a, in a public way was, I think that really spoke volumes as to where the team has come, you know? Absolutely, Ryan. Um, and, and it was David's obsession with Harold Ballard that mm. would not let him come back. Oh, no, and as much as the prodding and the this thing is over, it's new, it's everything refreshing. Um, it took it took a while for David to kind of come around, um, but oh, that was uh, that was a welcome welcome addition because uh, um, he's he doesn't live here, he's down in Florida, but when he does come back, it's a very very special day. Still the greatest right. leaf of all time, in my opinion. Um, He's my father's favorite. He always talks about Davy. I'm Keogh. glad you brought up Wendell. I'm disappointed I never had a Wendell question, to be honest. He's my hockey guy. <laughs> well, he had all three. the Wendell. I was I was a Dougie guy. Uh, Kylie grew up a Sundine fan, and you were a Wendell Clark guy. So he hit yeah. all three right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. um, what, what, what about away from the team, Joe? Have you, have you ever had any, any run-ins or, not, I should say run-ins, but any interactions with Wayne Gretzky or any of the greats of all time, Mario Lemieux, in your travels? Uh, yes, I, 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 Wayne, Wayne is a very special person. I, and I know Mario and have said hello and whatnot, but anytime Wayne comes to uh, the Scotiabank Arena or Air Canada Center when it was, he always walks into the broadcast booth right in the middle of the damn game when we're broadcasting and, and Jimmy Ralph and I literally have to stop the damn game, say hello to Wayne, have him sit down and join us and do whatever. Um, he's just a terrific individual. His dad is just an absolute Canadian treasure. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I I'll tell him. you this, this story. I, I got a, a jersey, my oldest son, Liam, I got it probably back in the 80s. I got a Wayne Gretzky and I asked Wayne to sign it for him and he did. I gave it to my son for Christmas. So years later, uh, just you know, a couple of years ago, Liam is with a buddy of his and they've gone to the Masters. And they're walking around on media day or on, on practice round day. And uh, Justin, uh, or Justin Johnson is, is playing. And so they're watching him. And, and my son, Liam, looks across the fairway and there's Wayne. Mm -hmm. And Liam says, God, well, this is, you know, what, what the hell? What a minute. No one seems to know who he is. <laughs> so Liam gets across and he walks up to him. He says, Mr. Gretzky, hi, how are you? I'm Liam Bowen. You know my dad Joe and whatnot. I just wanted to come over and say hello and and uh, and and thank you for the jersey that you gave me so many years ago. And so Liam thanks him and he's 
turns on his heels and he's about to leave and wink away. Come here. They walked for four holes. Wow. And Wayne wanted to know what was going on in Toronto. What's the, what's, what, why is that going on? Well, you know, are they going to trade for this guy or what's going on here? And Liam said it was unbelievable. He said, but unfortunately, with me walking with him, people started to recognize who he was. <laughs> so now he's getting inundated with autographs and photographs and whatnot. But, yeah. he, you know, he didn't care. And, and it's, um, he's, he's a tremendous individual. Um, a great ambassador, obviously, for our sport mm -hmm. and more so for our country. Uh, yeah, the way he is. It, it was funny. Um, I, if it got time, I, I tell you another story. The I because I was busy so much in the wintertime, I, I love coaching kids and I coached my boys, but I because I was away so much, I couldn't coach hockey for them. Mm -hmm. But I love coaching baseball, and so I, I coached all of them in baseball. All of them played at a high level and, and really enjoyed the sport, and, and they still do. And I was at a, a golf event, and Wayne was uh, the, the main uh, celebrity at it. We were in a room just waiting to go out to the, the banquet. And it was just after his son had been drafted by the Chicago Cubs. Okay. And I started talking to him about, you know, baseball and whatnot and how much I enjoyed um, playing it and how much I enjoyed coaching it. And he said, Joe... He said, baseball is the best secondary sport for any hockey player to play. And I thought, really? So what about lacrosse or soccer or something with your cardiovascular? And what? No, he said, no. He said, I could have the worst shift of my season and somebody shoots the puck in off my ass. <laughs> I come back to the bench. We're high five and everybody, how great I am and everything else. He said, you stand at the plate, down a run, with the faces loaded and two out, and you watch strike three go right by you. Everybody in the place knows you fail. Oh, wow. And if you're really good, you'll only fail seven out of ten times. <laughs> he said, so for every hot shot hockey player, Every hot shot hockey player who thinks he can do no wrong, he plays baseball for a season. He's going to develop some humility. Ooh, and it comes in big time doses if you're not an absolute marvelous star at hitting yeah. round ball with a round bat that's coming at you at 70 or 80 or 90 miles an hour. And he played baseball all through his career, wow. every summer. See, my son must play baseball. Away, play another sport, and he's a big advocate of that, as I am. You gotta get away from this stuff. Put it yep. in the basement. Play another sport. Whatever it is, whatever you're doing is going to increase your ability to play the sport that you really love. But it gives you an outlet to get away from it and clear your mind. Yeah. We've heard Brian Burke say it. Same thing. Yeah, we've heard Works. Brian Burke mention it a hundred times, you know, multi-sport players. It was, it was a lot made of Ma Matthews's baseball career prior to becoming a hockey player. Yeah, he, yeah. Almost, he said he almost chose baseball over hockey. Yeah. So he must have been pretty good at it too. Yeah, absolutely. It's only the first time I saw the other day that uh, Tom Brady was drafted by the Expos. Yeah, I've seen that too, actually. I didn't I've never seen it. I think you made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they said he would have made an amazing, amazing catcher. I mean, nobody's yeah. getting, uh, nobody's stealing bases on that guy. No, <laughs> no. Absolutely. That's great. 
Anything else for you, Carly? Anything else? You uh, no, I think you asked all my questions. I think I did. <laughs> oh, nice. I mean, I like I said, I could keep Joe here all night and ask him questions and hear his stories, but yeah, we don't want to keep the man all night. What about you, Chad? No. Oh no! I'm telling you, you crushed everything I wanted to ask. I'm I'm the type Joe who literally like you like my tweet on Twitter, and I'm like, oh my god, Joe, Joe just liked my tweet, and now I'm literally here talking to you. So it's just like, oh now, oh yeah, but now I'm gonna start stalking. I'm gonna follow you on Twitter. Watch out. <laughs> You can totally follow me on Twitter. Is that, all right. <laughs> Doing that right away, Kylie. All, all right. right, you better. She's a, she's a great follow. Um, the, only other, the only other thing I had for you, Joe, in the way of questions that I, that I was really curious about, when you got the call from the uh, from the Hockey Hall of Fame, who called you? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, that was Chuck Caton, uh, okay. who was the, uh, the broadcaster for the Carolina Hurricanes. And he is the president of our august uh broadcasters association oh wow and so it is uh, him and uh, a, a committee of broadcasters in the nhl uh that decide each year who uh, would win the foster hewitt award mm -hmm. and so uh uh he asked me to sit down and uh inform me that uh i had uh done this and 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 was uh, going to be inducted with the foster mm -hmm. hewitt award which was a you know, just a tremendous, tremendous honor. Um, each night uh, when we do a home game, I'm in the Foster Hewitt Memorial Gondola. Uh, emblazoned behind me on the wall are uh, about 10 photographs, large portrait photographs of Foster doing games. Um, a fella who is a bit of a historian here, uh, Paul Patsko, um, when I was getting close to my 3,000th game, um, said to me, uh, you know, Joe, I think you've done more games than Foster. And I thought, no, that can't be right. He's, he did the games far more years than what I have done. And he said, no, I said, he said, because they only did radio games and some of them were just like Hockey Night in Canada. They were only on once a week. So he really went back through all of the newspaper clippings of where they would have the listings for what was on radio that night because there was no TV. Mm -hmm. And he came up and he said, Joe, he wouldn't have done more than 18 or 1900 games. Wow. I said, you know what? I, I, that makes, I'm more proud of that possibly than winning his award that I've wow. done more games than uh, what the award is, is named after. And to, to win the award and to be the, the fellow that is sitting in his chair um, yeah. is, is very, very special. That's for amazing. sure. That's amazing. I know I did want to ask you though, Joe, um, really quick. Have you been catching any of the NWHL games, like the Toronto Six games? I really haven't, Kylie. At this point, um, we've been busy doing what we're doing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really hope that it 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 goes. But the bottom line for that is people have to go to watch it. Yeah. If it's going to yeah. be successful. It's like the Ontario Hockey League here because the government hasn't bailed them out like the Quebec Junior League has. So mm -hmm. that they're playing because if they don't have fans in the stands, they, they can't, no they can't, they, they just can't survive. No. Um, so that's, that's something that we'll have to wait when this pandemic is over. Mm -hmm. And I sincerely hope that with the, the uh, impact that uh, all of this uh, is getting them as far as uh, 
uh, coverage is concerned, yeah, will yeah. show up at the ticket win, uh, window. I hope so. That's, I, that's what's yeah. going to have to happen. I hope it's not just people retweeting and sharing for the sake of sharing. Like I hope they'll actually no, that's that yeah. Commit. Uh, talk talk is cheap. Yeah, exactly. Talk is cheap. Off your wall. Yeah. And yeah. take your kids. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. Because women's hockey is tremendous. It really is. It's, mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, we only get excited about it every four Journey years. Olympics. Journey right, Olympics. Yeah. And then well, I know some of the greatest some of the greatest moments this country's had have been yep. the women's game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know I and played hockey huge. as a kid and as a little girl. And I just knew that once I got to out of high school, that was it. I knew there was no future, so to speak. So it's just, I hope that little girls now, like Chad got a little girl who plays hockey. Like, I just hope that she doesn't have, like she has more to dream of, you know, that she knows yeah. that there's yeah. no end point for the, her career. You like need, I- It starts to shoot at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so I just, I love to see that, you know, the coverage that this, that this league is getting. And now that we have a, a, the Toronto six team and everything, it's, mm -hmm. I'm loving it. Hopefully it just, like you said, talk is cheap. It looks like they've gotten uh, enough recognition that there is corporate sponsorship. Uh, yes, hopefully the finally. national hockey league will be a part of it. And if you make it a big deal, it is a big deal, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. hopefully that'll be the case. I mean, it's 2021. So much has changed in this last couple of years. It's about time that we can watch women's hockey on yeah. TV. Or, I mean, it's on Twitch right now, but that's it's a little that's closer than what I, <laughs> closer than what it was 10 years ago. So Absolutely. it was a year my ago, daughter, honestly. My daughter just turned eight and she's insist, insistent to play with the boys. And she knows where her level is at the moment. And uh, yep. On the way yeah. back from her game yesterday, they had just lost, but she won the hardest worker. And uh, it's, a, it's a big deal. Sure. And uh, she asked me, how come there's no, uh, how come there's no girls in the NHL? And uh, she had already known about Manel Reum and stuff like that. And I said, well, never say never. You never know. You just no. never know. Just, I'm not going to say, you know, physicalities. No. I'm just going to say, never say never. Just mm -hmm. as long as someone keeps trying, there's always a chance. I think we're closer now to a proper women's hockey league where to get paid than we've ever been. Uh, the, the sponsorship and everything that needs to go in in accordance with that to push it over the top remains to be seen, but I think we're getting close and I really hope we, we, we get there. Yep. We just had yep. over 18,000 people. Um, it was like almost 18.5, I think, watching the game. I think it was uh, yesterday's game yeah, or Friday's game. I'm not entirely sure, but one of the games I, I tuned into had over 18,000 people watching it. Sure. So that's over a stadium. Yeah, it was good to see. Yeah. And actually that was the comparison that somebody did. Um, there was only four NHL teams who beat that 18,000 in average uh, attendance in last year, which was Leafs, Montreal, you know, those teams. Yep. So it's, it's good to see. It really is. Good step. Got to back it yeah. up. Step right, in the got, right direction. I think we got one last thing for Joe, which we wanted to do. And that was the, uh, we got a couple calls. of calls. Yeah. We pulled out basically four of our favorite calls uh, <laughs> over the years. We're going to throw them up there. We want to get your reaction to them, your memory of the actual call. And uh, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this as much as we will. This is more for our pleasure, I think, than yours. <laughs> it is up there now. Okay. I'm going to go with the first one here, guys. This is uh, this is one of my favorites of all time. I can't hear it. That guy's really good. You can't hear him. 
Yeah. <laughs> Smooth. Did not come up. It's... Didn't play. No, it's not playing. Technical out. difficulties beyond uh, our control. Yeah, it that's it not just live, that. right? Yeah, not the same. We, test, we tested it all. It worked. Oh, it worked an hour oh, ago. Oh, 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 my bad, guys. Oh, oh, oh. I screwed up. Sorry, it's your man. fault. <laughs> I got it now. Sorry, sorry. Your man. Won't happen. It won't happen next time you're on, Joe. We no, <laughs> promise. We promise. <laughs> yeah. No, I got it now. Just give me two. Once a week is all we ask. I never, never had the little button check. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we're hoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never know. We do this because we love it, but it would be nice if we could monetize someday. Yeah, it's a t-shirt, Uncle. <laughs> Mini player. There we go. All right. All right. Now, screen, now I got it. Screen. Yep, we're coming. Hang in there. Hang in there. All right. And one more click, and we should be good. There we go. All right. Now we should be able to do this. I hope. <laughs> All right, Joe, cross your fingers. No. Why did you go so long? Which one of you guys went to the technical school part of this show? <laughs> this is Ryan's job. Yeah, this, this, is, this is my epic failure, apparently. Have you been fired lately? <laughs> okay, <laughs> how about... I got an idea. Hang on now. I you got, got it. it. Oh, you got it. Third time's charm. What do you got? There, there it is. If, if it doesn't no. work this time. Another over. right hand by Brown. LeBay gets an uppercut. Down goes Brown. Down goes Brown. <laughs> and LeBay leaves him there. TKO. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> Yeah, that was, Damn, uh, that was Robbie grand. Brown, and no one liked him, so it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite nice. Sylvain Lefebvre uh, rocked him pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that became such a, a famous call now. Damn the, goes Brown. The whole character now. Now we got somebody on Twitter that's his nom de plume is Down Goes Brown. Yeah. <laughs> books and everything. I've seen a that. dollar or two out of that, you'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you sure. I feel a lawsuit. Yeah. We're yeah. working on a job. Here's uh here's probably I'm not gonna say it's my it's my, my second favorite call of all time. I think we can all agree on this. Into the corner, Crosby in front. Oh, what a save! Holy Mackinac! Holy Mackalani! What a save he makes on Crosby! Leafs get it again! Matthews to center! Into the net he scores! Holy Mackinac! There go to the playoffs! <laughs> That was a tough situation game. for Curtis McElhenney to come in because Frederick yeah. Anderson got hurt. And mm. um, yeah, he, he got them in the playoffs with an, just a tremendous save and, and the empty netter. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I remember that game. What happened after that? No, no. we don't. No, shall not be talked about. <laughs> but I can remember sitting in my living room watching, have those that, clips. watching that play come together and I seen Crosby in the corner and I seen the puck come across and I literally went, no! <laughs> And, <laughs> and then the save of the year for the lease was it was just absolutely incredible yeah yeah one of my yeah. favorite one of my favorite actually Curtis brought me your, your call actually brought me to my feet it was just just incredible here's yeah. one from when i was a kid and i just absolutely i still watched the video clip i'd say weekly has income pecks ball to grab pot bat now pot bat has fighting 
Off comes Platbear's helmet. Hexball Troy <laughs> punches at Platbear. Felix throwing it up and cut lands oh. on Hexball. Right on the butt. They're wailing away at one another. Oh. Hexball sweaters up. That's a fine. <laughs> That's a fine. That's <laughs> my favorite call. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I often said that I love a good fight as long as I'm not in it. Yeah. And uh, when I was in Halifax, uh, Trevor Burbick, who was the Canadian heavyweight champion, uh, had a lot of bouts in and around the Maritimes. And I broadcast those along with Ralph Hollett, who was the Canadian middleweight champion from, from uh, Nova Scotia as well. Um, so uh, I have done a lot of boxing. I did Trevor Burbick and Larry Holmes in Vegas. <laughs> And I did uh, uh, Trevor Burbick and Muhammad Ali's last fight, which was in Nassau in the Bahamas. Wow. And uh, one of the one of the strangest fights I did was Ralph Hollett, who was a middleweight but was really a, a light heavyweight body. But he would have to lose weight in order to get down to the middleweight. He was fighting Fernand Marcotte in Montreal, and it was about 109 degrees outside and about 130 at ringside. And Ralph came in in the morning and he was 10 pounds overweight. And he put the, the plastic bag on, he went in the sauna and he sat there all afternoon and made weight. But I mean, he wow. was like a noodle. He got into the ring. <laughs> and so for the first five rounds, he never threw a punch. And Mark Cott just wailed the tar out of him. And he came out to start the sixth round and he came across the ring. And he wound up and he hit Mark Cott with the only punch he threw in the entire fight, right on the butt. And down he went. And I jumped into the ring and I said, Ralphie, what would have happened if he got up? <laughs> yeah. Never fought light or middleweight again and his career done shortly after that. Oh, that's excellent, of course. Uh, one of the greatest uh, game, games when it comes to uh, to a line brawl, I think. Mean, that when the goalies got together at, at, at the end of that uh, that that brawl, it really uh, things really got hot and really really oh, heated. Yeah, none of, none of us knew that Felix could fight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hextall had been in all kinds of these, and all of a sudden you see him coming down, and there's poor little Felix standing there going, "I'm going, oh my God, he's going to uh. get massacred because there's no one to come to his aid because the whole everybody else was paired off." And then we found out, Jesus, Felix could fight. <laughs> so did Hextall. <laughs> Listen, yeah. he spent Off time cash. on he spent time on George Street too. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, Saint John, no, Saint John. I don't believe leave. anything like that ever happens there. It's a quiet neighborhood, uh, and it's a lovely spot to visit. I couldn't agree more. Hockey players do not like it at all. One more, and I think <laughs> the, the the three of us agree that this is our favorite calls of all time. They score! They score! Austin Matthews. Welcome to the NHL! Austin Matthews on the left wing, got it in over the line and stolen again. He's going to the net, shot, he scores! Austin Matthews makes it off the post and in! Never mind one, the tap two! Here's Riley going wide, sends it in front of the net, shot, he scores! Do you believe this? Holy Mackinac, he's got three! Here's Matthews with Nylander, two on one, back to Matthews, he scores! Austin Matthews, four goals, do you believe this? Holy oh. mackinac, the kid's on fire! 
That's... I wish you could see the cold shivers on my uh, arms. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kylie, it, the, the addition to this story, uh, Lou Lamorello had arrived. Uh, one of his uh, pensions with the Islanders was that the media was no longer allowed on the team's charter. So Jimmy Ralph and I, who had traveled with the team uh, for decades, uh, were no longer allowed to travel with them, so we had to fly commercial. So that meant after that game, we had to stay over and get back to Toronto the next day. We went back to our hotel where the team had stayed. We stayed in the same hotel, just outside of Ottawa. Excuse me. And Mr. and Mrs. Matthews were in the bar. Wow. We had not met them. And uh, Paul Hendrick, who was with us, had uh, he'd been at the draft and whatnot. So I introduced myself and I said, um, Brian, uh, I'm going to get something here. I'm going to go up to the room. I'm going to get them to send me those clips. And I gave them to them. I emailed them to them right in the bar. And we played them then. And I watched wow. the two of them cry. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, it was a very, very, very special time. And uh, we've, we've been very close friends ever since. Uh, you I love see, yeah, you can I see it on Emma's face. Yeah. Yeah, Kylie, yeah. yeah, it was. And, and yeah, it the, was just amazing. The, the father-son trips and the mother-son trips that they've mm. had. Uh, I'm, I'm old enough that I'm the one hanging around the parents rather than the players. <laughs> And they got a lot better stories, and they can stay out after curfew, which is even better. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I remember watching that game. My wife, she was actually pregnant at the time, so she's lying back in bed, and I'm watching hockey games. So obviously, it's late here in Newfoundland. How did that happen? Watching. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't, my, wasn't my fault. The, nor the normal way. <laughs> she went and got herself pregnant, Joe. Right? I mean, was, you, you've been there. That sounds like something that might happen in Newfoundland. All right. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember, yep. I remember Matthew scored the third goal because I was running back and forth. Obviously, it's the opening night. I was so pumped. We were all fired up with these rookies. That all these rookies were going to play. And I'm running back yeah. and forth between the TV room and the bedroom. And I'm like, he scored. He scored in his first game. He scored again. He scored. He's got a hat trick. And then I, I, I remember when I was leaving the room after the hat trick, I said, I said, if he scores again, Joe Bowen's either going to have a heart attack or shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, did, I did both, but I've recovered from both problems. So that's, <laughs> hey, no nobody's judging you, Joe. You think about no. it. You know, like Tim Stutzla is a tremendous young man. Lafreniere, mm -hmm. great talent. First overall yeah. pick. Just got his first point the other day on a right. overtime goal. I mean, not in this first game for this kid to do that was, I mean, just special. absolutely astounding. Absolutely that goalie astounding. left that goalie that he left That's Carlson there just kind of, yep. yeah. When he this, took it from Carlson, I was like, oh my God, are you serious? Like Norris yeah. Trophy winner. No, I mean, made him look like the, the, the reactions that like to, to me, hockey is all about reactions to players, reactions to fans, reactions to broadcasters, reactions. And that game, You'll never see reactions like it again. Your calls, his parents' reaction in the stands, Matthew's reaction when he scored the fourth goal was almost like and someone. The fact, and the fact that half the rink was full of Leaf fans. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. And the reaction into the loss. Oof. But anyway, we put all that yeah. out of our mind because it's a great moment in in not just Leafs oh. history but hockey history. So. I'm willing to bet a lot of Leaf fans don't even remember that we lost that game. It was and more then, important than two points. There was who cares? At that yeah, point. 
not when we have this new rookie who just scored four goals. Everybody was planning the parade after that game. Mm. (laughs) I know I was. Another turn of the franchise. That that led to the call earlier that uh, we're going to the playoffs first time in, a, in, a, in quite some time. So, it's, no, it was, yeah. uh, it was just one of those moments I'll never forget for the rest of my life. It's just engraved. No. Um, so you guys got nothing else for Joe, I guess. We wrapped those few clips. I want to hit. Yep, that was uh, it. Yeah, like I said, um, crushed all my questions. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Yes, yeah. thank Same you so to you, much. Joe. Guys, everybody out pleasure. on the rock for me. Will do. And please, if you if you run into Bob Cole, say hi for me too, please. Will, Will do. Very special. Will do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Joe. So, I'll go. Uh, I'll be awaiting your uh, your follow request. <laughs> what? Got got the phone right here. Here it comes. Uh, she's holding you too, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in closing, Joe, I got a little story. A little uh, little story for you. Um, we had a radio host here on the island. He he, he hosted our our classic rock station here in St. John's for years. And he was so endeared uh, to the fans. Uh, he passed, unfortunately, a few years back. Oddly enough, it was a heart condition that he ended up having as a young man. He was only in his, in his, I guess, late mm-hmm. 40s, early 50s. Uh, so it was a shock to everybody because uh, he was known as the guy who had the biggest heart in the world. Um, at his eulogy, his co-host, Mike Campbell, who's still uh, hosting the, the morning show here in St. John's, uh, he said that in the, in the radio business, he said it's, uh, it's, hard, it's, it's hard enough to get listeners. Uh, but Tommy not only had listeners, he had fans. And I always think of you when I when I think of that uh, when I when I hear that that quote because um, when I hit social media or Twitter, uh, you see all these things like the hashtag bring back Bowen to the TV or you see these online petitions to bring Joe back because you're just so endeared to the fans uh, and, and beloved by uh, by everyone. Um, but more importantly, you didn't need to do this for us today. Uh, you're you're a big deal, and we certainly are just getting started in this podcasting. So. We truly appreciate you being able to being able to come out and uh, and share this little bit of time with us. So on behalf of the other two clowns, I'll uh, I'll say thank you very much for coming out and uh, and and making this a night that I don't yes. think any of us are going to forget. Yeah. Never, my clown, cheeks no. are hurting for smiling. <laughs> the only clown in this show was the guy that couldn't get the audio up. You yes. <laughs> man, oh man. And by the way, you're never welcomed back again. <laughs> Good, he said. That's okay, Joe. We'll have one. Back. We'll have one. We'll have the next Zoom meeting, and we'll just forget to invite Ryan. All right. Well, <laughs> the next time I'm in Newfoundland, we're going to George Street. You can uh, take me to all of the good Irish pubs. All uh, right. You can hold us to it, Joe. We're good for it. Uh, yeah, we will. Not, not only that, we're going to hold you. We're going to hold you to that as well. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Right. Bye. Thanks so much, Joe. All the best. All the best. Bye. Thank you. Go Leafs. Peace out, guys. Go Leafs. Go. Go Leafs. Go. All right. So, uh, big thanks to Joe Bowen. Uh, that was a, probably a once in a lifetime opportunity for the three of us. Dream uh, come true. Absolutely. Unless we get, unless we get him home from, well, I say home, but our home. Unless we can get this COVID thing straightened out, we're getting Joe down at George Street. We're having a bite. We're yes. Time. We're yeah. taking him up on that offer. And you know what? I will, I will take him golfing and show him what a bad golfer is. He has no <laughs> idea. He thinks he's best. Yeah, I tell you. And for any of you other guys out there, who, who are not too cool not to be on our podcast, let us know. Uh, we're up for game for just about anyone who wants to talk hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, average Joes or not so average Joes, you let us know, and uh, we might let them get you on. So by all means, uh, drop us a message. If you like what you've seen, guys, hit the subscribe button there on your YouTube channel. Uh, give us a share, give us a like, and maybe even drop a comment in the comment box down below. But mm-hmm. for myself, Kylie, Chad, 
Uh, I guess peace out. Go, Leafs, go. Thanks. Cheers. Bye.